My name is Jenna and I'm here to help you do all the hard things. I'm a licensed professional counselor with nearly 10 years of clinical and research experience working with people who have some of the most debilitating OCD and anxiety in the world. I'm also a mom, a personal trainer, and a lover of modern spirituality. My goal is to bring you all the research, guidance, and encouragement you need to help you remember and know how strong you truly are. Now let's get to it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, you guys, back with another episode. Welcome back to All the Hard Things. So I had a recent episode about all of the potential reasons why someone might be having a hard time opening up in therapy. And in that episode, I promised that I would follow it up with another episode about how to kind of bust through those blocks, whether you are a client themselves and you're the one having a hard time opening up, or maybe you're even a therapist and you are kind of struggling with a client who you know there's just something there that they're not really expressing, or you can just kind of sense that they're having a hard time opening up. So I believe this podcast and the one earlier about all the reasons why it's hard to open up, I think this one and that one will be good for clients and therapists. Um, Because like I said, I'm going to be going over some really practical things that either the client can do to challenge themselves to open up more in therapy and also some recommendations that maybe therapists can put under their belt and kind of use in session. Um, as a suggestion for clients who are having a hard time opening up as well. But before jumping in to how to open up and what are the practical kind of suggestions as to how to go about doing that, I do think it's important for us to know or kind of explore why as a client you're having a hard time opening up in the first place. So ask yourself what that fear is. And you can do that simply by asking yourself and exploring this idea of if I do open up, then what? So what is my fear? If I do open up, then what am I afraid is going to happen? Or what do I feel is potentially going to happen that I feel is a consequence of that? Am I afraid that it's just going to be uncomfortable for me? Am I afraid that I'm going to be judged or laughed at or misconstrued somehow? Am I afraid that I won't communicate this thing appropriately or in a good enough way and I will be misunderstood? So like I said, there are tons of reasons why someone might be having a hard time opening up in therapy, and I think that that a little bit is normal. I think it's also really common. So it's important to kind of highlight for yourself, you know, what that reason might be or what those reasons might be why you're having a hard time opening up so that you can appropriately challenge yourself out of that issue. So I have 10 suggestions or kind of ways that you can use to either open up more in therapy for yourself or to kind of encourage your clients to do so if you are a therapist. So number one, as a client, just telling your therapist that you're having a hard time sharing. 
So simply starting there, just simply as a client saying, you know, there are a lot of things that I would like to share and that I know that I probably should share. And I don't know what it is, but I'm having a hard time opening up. As a therapist, we will probably respond by just validating and sharing with you how we know that this therapeutic experience can be kind of awkward at times. And then hopefully we'll remind you that we just want to be there to support you. So it's really good as a client to just from the get-go, let the therapist know that you're having a hard time so you can practice being honest from the start. So even if you can't really envision or take that step to be super honest and just lay everything out there, even just opening up that door by saying, I know that there are some things that I really, really want to talk about and that I maybe should talk about, but I'm having a hard time doing that. I think that can really, really help. And then maybe even your therapist can kind of explore with you where that anxiety is coming from and how to handle it moving forward. Number two, treat it as an exposure. So if you know anything about exposure and response prevention, ERP, you know that the best way kind of over these anxiety-provoking situations is to go through them. So what that means in this context is to know and understand that opening up about these things are going to be anxiety-provoking and kind of radically accepting that as part of the process and choosing to do it anyway. So along these lines, too, treating it as an exposure, we go into these anxiety-provoking situations, whether it's opening up to your therapist or something else. We know that it's going to be anxiety-provoking. We do it anyway, and we try to resist or reduce the safety behaviors that we would normally do to make ourselves feel better about that. So treating this opening up in therapy simply as an exposure and just kind of welcoming that as part of the therapeutic process and a way of overcoming your anxiety, I think can be super helpful. Next at number three, I have here, you can weigh the pros and the cons. You can either weigh the pros and cons kind of in your head. I, however, am a fan of writing everything out. So I'm a super visual person. So writing things out either on paper or on my iPad or even kind of just like writing down ideas on a notepad on my phone or texting those out can be really, really helpful for me. If you want to do a pros and cons list, you can just kind of make a list with four quadrants, um, the pros and cons of opening up and the pros and cons of not opening up. A pro or a benefit of opening up in therapy might be that you are able to finally address something that you've been struggling with for a really, really long time. A con or a consequence of opening up in therapy might be that it feels uncomfortable. And you'll probably have a lot of different pros and cons for both of these columns, but just giving you kind of one of each so that you can start to generate maybe some ideas of your own. A pro, on the other hand, or a benefit of not opening up in therapy is that temporarily you get to feel safe and you don't have to experience or feel the discomfort of opening up. And the pros and the benefits don't have to make sense, right? So they can be things where you're like, yeah, well, that's that's that's, that's kind of a benefit, but it doesn't make sense, so I don't want to write it down. We do things and we think things and we feel things all the time that quote unquote don't make sense. And we still use those things as things that guide our decision making. So just because you feel like it doesn't make sense or it's not rational or it doesn't sound good, but it feels real, put it down. Whether it's a pro or a con of whatever, you know, be real and just put it down. 
um, a con or a consequence of not opening up means that you will continue to feel crappy about whatever it is that you're struggling with. So that's how you go about making a pros and cons list. So weighing the pros and cons. And of course, once you write them all down, sometimes you make your decision based on the quantity of the items, right? So if you have like eight pros of opening up in therapy and one con, you know, that might be one indicator of kind of what your decision should be as far as opening up or not opening up. But sometimes it's about the heaviness or the quality of those items too. So you could very easily have 10 items under a pro list, but if you have one item on your con list, but that one item feels really, really strong or feels really, really important, maybe that one wins out. It really just depends. Number four for how to open up in therapy, I have just writing it down. I think there are two really great things about writing down whatever it is that you want to talk about. So one, whether you give it to your therapist or not, you know, this is simply just even just writing it down for yourself. Maybe you share it with them, maybe you don't, but just writing it down for yourself, I think kind of commits you to talking about it, especially if you bring it to session. So even just by you doing it to yourself, like in your office or in a quiet space, just writing down what it is that you want to get off of your chest or how you might go about saying it to your therapist can kind of get your foot in the door. Even if you don't ever commit or put that pressure on yourself to actually share it in that moment, just think of it as taking kind of that one step at a time. All you need to do is write it down for yourself. Later, you can make the decision about what you want to do with that. The next thing I think is really great about this, writing it down, is that it helps you organize your thoughts if this is something that you kind of struggle with. So especially if you're worried about kind of misconstruing yourself or not being understood or kind of fumbling over your words or, you know, that it's just going to be uncomfortable for you, try to write this down first. Try to just kind of have that visual or that preparation a little bit as far as what you want to say. Now, if this is something that's super ritualistic or repetitive for you to do and it serves as avoidance or whatever, obviously I would encourage you to work with your therapist or kind of work with the skills that you have in that regard. I don't think that you should be preparing everything that you share with your therapist. I think that you can't rely on those safety behaviors all the time. Life doesn't always work like that, right? Sometimes we have to just go for it. We're not always able to kind of prepare things ahead of time. So I don't want anyone to have to kind of rely on this skill, but if it can allow you to open up more in treatment and then it can kind of open the doors up for you and your therapist to talk about other things that are also really important, then I think that it's a good thing. Last kind of practical suggestion here that we'll go over before we get into a break here. Number five is prepare yourself prior to your session. So I think this is good for all clients to do, regardless of what content is going to be shared, whether you intend on sharing something really big and vulnerable or whether you're just going to talk about kind of an update or what you want to get out of the next session. So I really think it's great for all clients prior to that session you know, ideally even maybe a day or so or, you know, in between sessions, having this kind of in the back of your mind. But at the very, very least, right, like on your way to your appointment, kind of gathering your thoughts about the session that's coming up for you. You know, it's kind of a therapist's dream when clients do this, when they kind of think about their session ahead of time and when they kind of orient themselves to the session when they organize them their thoughts ahead of time a little bit. It it really just 
makes everything go so much more smoothly. So as a therapist, I would beg you all as clients to try to do this a little bit. So before you head into your session, don't go into your session just having no idea of what you want to talk about. Don't, you know, go in completely blank slate, not having any idea of what you want to start with or what you want to review. We love it when you guys come to session with questions or specific things that you want to talk about or specific goals of things like boom, boom, boom. I'd love to get through this. I'd love to talk about this, this, and this. It really tells us and indicates to us that you have been thinking about this stuff outside of our sessions together and that this is, you know, a lifestyle change for you. That being in therapy isn't just about the 30 minutes or 45 minutes or 60 minutes once or twice a week for you. It's about the big overarching changes that you make throughout your life and throughout your week, even when we're not together. So preparing yourself prior to session, regardless of the content, but especially if you're going to be talking about something that's maybe a little bit more anxiety provoking or vulnerable for you, preparing yourself just a little bit before session can make a world of difference in how the session flows and how you feel, you know, going through that session, especially if you're talking about something that's difficult for you. So now that we have gone over the first five, I'm going to take a quick break really quick while I tell you guys about one of my favorite products, especially jumping into the new year here. We're jumping into the end of December here of 2020, ready to start a new year here in 2021. And Silk and Sonder, which is one of my favorite planners of all time, going into 20, 2021, I think will be a great idea for you guys, for anybody else on your Christmas list. So give me a quick minute here while I tell you guys all about Silk and Sonder, and then we'll get back with six, seven, eight, nine, and 10 as far as practical things that you or your clients can do to open up more in therapy. I'm so excited to share with you guys a planner that I've had for months now, and now I have an absolutely incredible offer so that you can enjoy it with me. I've tried yearly planners, blank diaries, and everything in between, all the way from back when I was in high school. Silk and Sonder is the perfect planner that I've been waiting for for years. Silk and Sonder is a self-care monthly planner and journal subscription service, including monthly, weekly, and daily planning pages, plus activities that change each month and are targeted to help with your self-care. You'll get coloring pages, recipes, habit trackers, journaling prompts, and more. Silk and Sonder offers monthly, quarterly, annual, and gift subscriptions. It's the first ever monthly planning experience aimed to empower you to live the life that you've always wanted. Inspired by a new theme each month, they hand curate, design, and deliver each issue straight to your doorstep. You'll love each month's blend of productivity and planning, introspection and mindfulness, and lifestyle content. I've been using mine for months and I'll honestly never go back to a regular planner ever again. For 25% off your order, head to my website at jennaoverbod.com and click on deals. All right, we are back with number six. I want you to ask yourself, is this difficulty opening up something about you or is this something about your therapist? And try really hard to kind of be honest with yourself about that. So I have a an even, you know, more kind of recent 
podcast episode about triggers and kind of what they mean about you or what they say about you. And I think that one would be really good here if you feel like this suggestion really hits home with you. So going back and identifying kind of when you're triggered or when something brings about uncomfortable sensations or uncomfortable emotions for you or when something really makes you anxious or distressed in some way, kind of asking yourself, like, what does this say about me? What is this bringing up for me? Where is this coming from? What is this about my situation that indicates to me that something in me still needs to be healed? So I think whether you're triggered, you know, by something outside of what your therapist is has going on, you know, that's something that you can kind of explore with yourself or maybe even with your therapist a little bit more. But sometimes our therapists can trigger something in us that's not really about the therapist, right? It's a it's more about us. So, you know, let's say I'm I'm thinking what comes to mind the most often is if someone is dealing with trauma work and a client comes in wanting to kind of work through their trauma. Let's say that someone was traumatized or experienced trauma from a man um, and they have a male therapist. That can be really triggering. Um, But let's say that that person, you know, maybe that's the only therapist in the area or who takes their insurance. Maybe logistically, that's just the only person who they're able to work with at that time. That's still something, you know, that's that has to do with the therapist, obviously, like it's a it's a factor that's coming directly from the therapist of being a male, but it's more so indicative of something from the client perspective that kind of needs healed from that perspective. And I think that that's really important to kind of underscore for yourself. Is this difficulty something about me or is this something about the therapist? On the other hand, the therapist could totally be responsible kind of why you're having a hard time opening up. Maybe their style just isn't fitting for you. Maybe you know, they're a little bit more abrasive. Maybe you would do better or more, you know, you would succeed a little bit more or or kind of drive a little bit more with someone who has a more sensitive style. So really identifying for yourself kind of where this difficulty is coming from, if it has something more to do with you or if it has something to do with your therapist. If you feel like it truly has something to do with your therapist and it's not something that's maybe more indicative of a deeper issue for you to work on, then of course you can always change therapists. Obviously there may be some practical or logistical concerns, maybe insurance or location or whatever that maybe get in the way of that, but it is still an option. Number seven, start small. So sometimes it can feel overwhelming to share the most intimate thing all at once. Maybe instead, if this is the issue for you, consider starting small by sharing something else that's challenging, but not the most challenging thing. Or if it's really just one thing that's challenging, maybe a part of your background or a trauma that happened, maybe break it up into small pieces. So telling your therapist, you know, first and foremost, I'm having a hard time opening up, but I want to challenge myself to share a little bit as I'm ready. And when I'm you know, what I'm ready to talk about is this situation over here. So if you're not ready to talk about it, you can tell your therapist that too. Like say, I know that there are some things that I need to share. I know there are some things that I need to open up about. I'm just not there yet. You know, let me try to work on that a little bit first. And then maybe by next month or the month after that, then we can see where I'm at as far as opening up about that content. 
So just starting small, whether it's about a totally unrelated issue that's also challenging but more manageable for you to open up with or kind of a a vaguer representation of what it is that you're struggling with if it's just kind of this one big intimate thing. Number eight, try opening up to someone else you trust. So if you're having a really hard time opening up to a therapist, might be good for you to consider opening up to somebody else you trust first. Maybe there's somebody in your life you can trust more who you feel will be non-judgmental and is able to hold the weight of what it is that you need to talk about. And asking a friend or a trusted person to talk and asking if they are ready or able to do that might be a good place to start before you talk to your therapist. What I will encourage you to keep in mind, however, is keeping in mind that friends are not going to be equipped and they shouldn't be expected to be equipped to talk to you or help you in the same way that a therapist would be able to do. They're just different roles. So obviously a friend or a trusted person should be supportive and maybe, you know, warm and compassionate towards you. A therapist may also need to be those things for you, but they're going to have a different relationship. So just talking to your friends or just opening up to your trusted person or trusted people isn't necessarily a remedy to the situation of having a hard time opening up in therapy, but I do think you could consider it a baby step in the right direction, especially if being open and honest with people in general, especially your friends, is one of and one of it's one of your values, right? So if opening up in general, if you're just kind of more closed off in general as a person and it might be good for you or a value of yours to try to open up more, might be a good place to start to try opening up to somebody else first. Number nine, treat it like an experiment. So taking the pressure off. And this is a great piece of advice, I think, for a lot of things in life. This is one of my favorites um, as far as advice goes, as far as approaching business or something anxiety-provoking, and especially the idea of opening up in therapy treating it like an experiment and trying to take the pressure off. Having compassion towards yourself and getting rid of the stakes and thinking of it, you know, kind of more like, I'm just going to put it out there and see what happens. That's a much different perception and, and a different attitude and a different kind of vibe than, oh my gosh, what if I say these things and it gets misconstrued and then I ruin my therapeutic relationship, then this, this, and this could happen. I'm just going to do it and see what happens, right? So it can still be anxiety provoking. You can still accept it as being potentially uncomfortable, but just kind of taking the pressure off a little bit and treating it like an experiment, I think can be really, really helpful. Jen Sincero has a way of describing this tactic really, really well in her book called You Are a Badass. The idea that she portrays is when we make mistakes or when we aren't doing something enough or we're doing too much of something, we tend to get really hard on ourselves. We tend to kind of over-dramatize or catastrophize about how awful something is going to be or how awful we did at something. She suggests, and something that I try to do with myself and something that I'm urging you to do with this type of issue of opening, opening up in therapy or whatever else it is that you're struggling with, to just take the pressure off, she suggests trying to think and tell yourself, I'm just a little bunny trying to figure it all out. <laughs> And I know that's those are her words, not mine. I'm just a little bunny trying to figure it all out. And I know it feels silly. It sounds silly. But in the moment when we're being really, really hard on ourselves, sometimes it can be helpful to kind of just reorganize our thought process, 
let ourselves off the hook a little bit so that we can be more effective. The last suggestion I have here, just know and remind yourself that we've heard it all before as therapists. We want what's best for you as the client, and we cannot help you with what you don't tell us. We got into this profession to help. So, you know, there's a lot of different reasons why we might have signed up to be therapists or clinicians or whatever. But for the most part, we signed up for this knowing that we would hear some really potentially heavy stuff. We hear heavy stuff all the time. People don't really come to therapy when they're feeling good, right? So we know, you know, just as part of the job description, we're signing up to hear some pretty difficult stuff. And it really just breaks my heart when a person is in my office and they're having a hard time being open with me when I already kind of have an idea of what it is that they might be holding back. I just want to like reach out to them and tell them like, it's okay. You can relax in as much of a non-assuring way as possible. And most times when a client does finally open up about something, to me, it's not earth shattering. I know it might be in their perception and that's theirs, but to me, it's not because again, this is a new, you know, awkward experience for the client. It's not for me. I, this is our job. So it's not something usually that we haven't already thought of before as being something that you're having a hard time opening up with. Usually, you know, nine times out of 10, we're not surprised by what it is that you are sharing with us. For instance, I have had so many people who are worried about telling me that they have sexual intrusive thoughts about children. Sometimes, well, a lot of the times, these these individuals who have sexual intrusive thoughts about children as a form of obsessive compulsive disorder, they kind of tiptoe around it. They hide it. They don't want to talk about it. They may talk about other, you know, obsessive compulsive issues that they have, but they 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 wait, you know, several weeks in to talk to me more about the sexual intrusive thoughts about children. And, you know, usually when someone has these intrusive thoughts about people, especially children, they're avoidant of children. I can see or suspect them ritualizing around kids. They have a hard time kind of talking about it. And chances are, by the time that they actually reveal that stuff to me, I already kind of had had my suspicions about it. So what I'm trying to say is that usually whatever it is that you are trying to open up to us about, one, we may already have our suspicions that that's where you were going in the first place based on our other observations or our own kind of tying things together in our own heads. Two, even if we weren't expecting it, we hear things all the time. It's nothing that might be earth shattering to us. It might be for you, but it's not really to us. And so we've likely already seen these things before, might already kind of have an inkling of what's going on that you're having a hard time sharing with. And ultimately, if you give any of these a try and they don't work for whatever reason, you know, you're maybe there is a miscommunication in the therapy session or you do feel judged. Let's say that you try all these things and they still don't work, like your fear comes true. You were misunderstood. You were judged. You did feel super uncomfortable, and and there was this frenzy that you couldn't handle. A good therapist is going to accept your feedback about that, right? So a good therapist is going to work with you to kind of repair that situation. A good therapist is going to hopefully provide you with a safe and non-judgmental environment where you guys can have 
you know, as much likelihood as possible for opening up. And with that said, like I, I said earlier, it's not all about the therapist. It is a therapeutic relationship and we really rely on your feedback and willingness and ability to be vulnerable and honest in the moment. We know that that's really difficult. We see it all the time. We just want you to know that we're here for you. And again, we want whatever is best for you. So with that said, I hope that that was helpful. Clients, I hope you can adopt one or two of these strategies and try to challenge yourself to open up more in therapy because there are so many benefits to being able to open up more in therapy, I promise. And therapists out there, feel free to take these recommendations back to your clients in an effort to kind of help them to open up more. As I said in a previous episode, you know, client or therapist, both of you are doing amazing work. Clients, you know, trying to do whatever they can to help themselves in therapy, trying to know how they can overcome these hurdles, how they can get the most out of that experience. And therapists, obviously, doing what they do every day to try to help people live better and more fulfilling lives. All of that makes me super, super happy. So keep doing what it takes to get well. And in addition to that, keep doing all the hard things. For more information and resources, head to my website at www.jennaoverbaugh.com. From there, you can sign up for my email newsletter so you can make sure that you are the most up-to-date about upcoming resources, podcast episodes, blogs, challenges, and more. Also, check me out on Instagram at jenna.overbaugh and tune into some other episodes here while you're at it. As always, if you have a free minute, it would mean the world to me if you could please subscribe and rate this podcast. Subscriptions and ratings help me keep the podcast going and help me spread the word to other people who need these resources and they otherwise may not get them. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really love creating these episodes for you. And until next time, keep doing all the hard things.